Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to After 83 Weeks. Joining us now is the man who was running the show in 1996. Hello, Eric Bischoff. How you doing tonight? I am doing very well. Coming to you live, sort of, from Billings, Montana. What are you doing there? Sort of rando. That's one of those places I always have to think of. I'm, I'm like, actually, where does he live again? Is it Wyoming, Montana, Utah, Colorado? I don't know. I live about two hours south of here, but I've got to catch a flight to the East Coast at 6 a.m. in the morning. And in order to do that, I have to drive up to Billings, spend the night here, and then catch my 6 a.m. flight. Oh, my gosh. A man on the move. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure you're I'm sure you're ready to hit the hay fairly soon so that you can uh, get ready for your flight. But we do have some questions about this Nitro from 1996 for you. How did you like watching this one back? Uh... I always like watching anything from 1996 because I really think 1996, 97, the first part of 98 was kind of like the peak of of Nitro. So anytime I go back, it's always pretty exciting, pretty fun. Well, and we got some really cool tidbits um, on this episode. Even Conrad said at the end he thought this was one of the best ones you guys did. But some really interesting stuff about the business end. And um, you revealed that it cost nearly $400,000 to produce one episode of Nitro. Can you give us a little bit more of a breakdown for that? Like, what was the biggest expense? Are there expenses in there that we would maybe be even more surprised about? No. I mean, look, you've got the venue. You've got travel. You know, you're mm. you're bringing in on any you know typical nitro. You're flying to another city, so you've got a crew of probably not including the the local talent that you hire. You know, freelancers. Um, you probably get forty. You've got hotels. You production truck, a very high end production truck that would run anywhere from probably 125000 to 175000 a night. You had a satellite uplink at the time, which was generally fifty to 75000 Oh, excuse us. Um, so, guys, but the, you know, catering, you know, insurance, all those little things that, you know, incrementally doesn't really look like that big a deal. But when you start adding all that together, it gets pretty substantial pretty quick. Yeah, wow. That I mean, that blew my mind. So this episode, we also got to see a very old commercial for the WCW magazines oh, featuring yeah. your son, Garrett. My question is, how did that come to be? Did he go through the traditional uh, casting mechanism? <laughs> Somehow I want to guess no. Uh, no. <laughs> Are you kidding? That was early nepotism. That was like nepotism 101. No, I mean, Garrett, look, both my daughter, uh, Montana, and Garrett used to come into the office on Fridays. That was kind of like our, you know, relaxed day in the office. And especially my son, Garrett, because he was, he, you know, he's just, he's a social butterfly. He always has been. We used to call him Bueller when he was a little kid, like Ferris Bueller in a movie, because everybody knew Garrett. 
And Garrett was much the same way in the WCW offices. So he knew everybody in marketing and promotion and advertising and merchandising and obviously all the It was kind of an And yes, the fact that I was running the company had something to do with it. Did you ever seeing it, right? Admit it. Of course. And after seeing this, did you reach out to him about it? Like, hey, remember that time that you were in a commercial? No, I haven't. You know, my son and um, our our daughter in law were up visiting us for a little over a week this past week. They just left the other day, and uh, I saw that uh, commercial right after they left, and I really haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. So we saw Kevin Nash's first appearance here on, on this Nitro, and obviously Scott Hall had just come in. You know, I, I don't think you guys gave them names. You were just like, oh, here are these outsiders. Was there ever any talk about giving these guys a, a gimmick name or something, obviously, like Sharp Pablo or Gasoline, but just something before finally settling, settling on, this is going to be Scott Hall and this is going to be Kevin Nash? Like, any idea for, like, a, a, maybe a gimmick name for them? No, that's... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline great question but again if you go back to you know and really look at the timing of, of what went down and and in order in which it went down i had already been kind of formulating an nwo idea very broadly for about a year a year and a half and when scott and kevin became available it became clear to me that i was going to be able to really launch that idea so as soon as I knew they were available, I immediately, in my mind at least, plugged them into that storyline. And in that storyline, I, I didn't want gimmick names. I didn't want my characters to be gimmick characters. I didn't want their bullshit storyline to be, you know, completely scripted. I wanted there to be, you know, a sense of reality to their story. So the idea of giving them gimmick names never crossed my mind. Pro Good question. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sharp Pablo. It's coming. <laughs> Um, well, along with the NWO, because you, you also talked about in detail on on this episode how, in your mind, at least at the beginning, you were picturing Sting to be the third. Yeah, what, what, are you, what are you flipping around <laughs> over there? What's going on? This is some, this is some high-tech lighting. <laughs> Always the producer, this guy. I produced over 5,000 hours of television, probably 100 pay-per-views. I'm now doing a feature film, and I'm lighting my broadcast here with a freaking towel on my lap. And I don't even have it out of the frame, because I don't want you to see my bed. I've got nowhere to go here. This is embarrassing. This is low-tech. It's embarrassing. It's just well, I have no more questions. We no, uh, no. Mind. Um, well, no. Um, you were talking about how you were um, thinking about Sting being the original third man, how you were discussing that. So I was just curious, was there ever consideration in a way for Hogan to be like the dark, mysterious character or something to the extent, I'm not saying drop from the rafters like Sting did, but was it? <laughs> that would have been a fun conversation. That would have been good, right? <laughs> We're going to hoist your big ass up. 
five feet in the air. And no, really, we're going to drop you down, and it's going to feel like you're dropping at 100 miles an hour. We're, we're going to hit the brakes right in time. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a... No, but, but that doesn't work for me, brother. But, but was there... <laughs> But, but was there ever any, like, initial discussion of, okay, well, if Sting's going to be the third man, how are we going to shape Hogan? Like, was there a thought of those roles, in a way, reversing? No. No. And, and again, look at the timeline, and keep in mind that the idea of... I mean, there was no idea of anybody being that dark... Kind of brooding character. That was a very spontaneous idea. I mean, I, I've talked about this before, and it's one of the most fun things that I can talk about because it's rare that an idea just kind of happens, and 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 when when it happens initially, it becomes so clear that you can all everybody in the room can see it simultaneously. You know, most ideas, we've talked about this before. I'm sure you've heard me say it on the podcast. Somebody goes, "Hey, why don't we paint the wagon blue?" And everybody goes, wow, a cool, a blue wagon. But what if we put white wheels on it? Oh, great. And then before you, go, before you know it, that blue wagon with white wheels has turned into a 32-foot yacht, you know, that's painted purple, you know, that's, that's got gold fringe, you know, hanging off the top. Ideas morph so so much over the course of time, but this was one idea, and it was Scott Hall. I've said this before, and nothing to do with me. I was a I was an innocent bystander. I was a fly on the wall, and I remember it going down like I just saw it happen at a movie theater. But it was you know Singh was sitting there in a chair. It was Hulk and, and Nash, myself, maybe one or two other people. We we're in a locker room environment, and Hall just started riffing. If, if you know, I guess that's an old school term, but. He just started like jamming and throwing out ideas, and he got really into this crow character idea. And within about forty-five minutes, that whole character and how it was going to play out was really outlined in pretty well, pretty good detail. I've never experienced something quite like that. I've always experienced the other side of it, where ideas change and morph and evolve, and what you end up with is not anything what you started out with. This was an exception to that. And it was very spontaneous. I mean, honest to God, if we wouldn't have all been sitting around in a locker room at the same time shooting shit, that idea probably would never have happened. Wow. And it, 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 it's very cool. I mean, that's, that's the fun part about being in creative. You know, it doesn't happen very often. I mean, if you're lucky in your career, it'll happen once every few years where something really cool just kind of manifests right in front of you and you know it. You know, it's it's like I'm not, I've never played baseball and I've never swung a golf club, but I can imagine what it feels like when you make contact with the ball. And before you even realize it, your your body knows that that's a home run. You can feel it in your hands. You can feel it in your wrist. You and the same thing is probably true with musicians who finally get into a quarter and note or something that they've been looking for, and you just know it's right. This was one of those situations where we just knew it was right. To bring it back to Hulk Hogan, oh, uh, <laughs> you mentioned that Hulk Hogan uh, was shooting Santa with Muscles or some such film at the time. Was there any concern, either in Turner or WCW, that Hogan was diminishing his brand in any way by doing films that, if you were to compare them to, let's say, Rocky... Or Rambo. Like, was he diminishing his brand at all by doing movies like Santa with Muscles? Ooh. 
No, we didn't look at it that way. I mean, we weren't really concerned with that. Um, you know, wrestling fans are wrestling fans, and movies are movies. They're two separate kind of categories. Uh, no. I mean, I could babble on and on about it, but <laughs> your, your question was pretty direct and simple, and the answer is pretty direct and simple. No, we weren't worried about it. This was the go-home show for Great American Bash 1996, and one of the biggest moments of that pay-per-view was you getting powerbombed through, through, the, through the stage. Uh, that was kind of your first big bump. So were you nervous about taking that bump? Like, how did you feel? Like, just what was your thoughts for that bump that was just, in my opinion, the best part of the show? Why the hell are you wearing a New England Patriots jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Thank you. SoCal native. He, he, he's representing the greatest quarterback of all time. It's June. <laughs> Represent a baseball player. <laughs> all right. So no straight answer for that. SoCal native George Rosa and a New England Patriots jersey. It makes as much sense as his man bun, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> You got I, a man bun? I've never seen Take the headphones off. Take the headphones off. You said you said I looked like Matt Hardy when it's we first met. Turn the head. Turn the head so I can see oh, it. It's, oh, it's so bad. <laughs> I mean, I I thought I looked more like Ty Dillinger, but you said you said I looked like Matt Hardy. You don't. No. You do not. No and no. I'm like a perfect four. <laughs> God. Yeah, that, that looks great. Two and a half. That's, that's a badass look you got going in there. New England Patriots jersey and a man bun. It must go over really well in Southern California. Yeah, right? I only wear it to after bus, so. <laughs> um, how was I feeling? Uh, I love adrenaline. I kind of thrive on fear just a little. I mean, I don't want to be scared to death. You know, I don't want to wet myself. <laughs> but. I, I do kind of dig a little bit of adrenaline for a fix every now and then. Um, I was concerned about rehearsing it because, I, look, I'm, I'm not a, I am not wasn't then. I mean, that was 25 years ago. I was in my early 40s at the time, I guess, somewhere in there. Um, I was in much better shape then than I am now, but I was in still no shape to take that kind of a bump because I wasn't a wrestler. I wasn't used to it. Um, my real concern was with rehearsing it because I was afraid I might get hurt. Mm-hmm. I wasn't afraid I'd get hurt bad, but, you know, collarbone, elbow, arm, whatever, would have screwed up the live performance. And I didn't want to risk getting hurt during a rehearsal, so I kind of exited the rehearsal just because I figured if I got hurt doing it, who cares? Right. That way I can sell a broken right. arm or a collarbone or something that makes it more believable. But if I would have gotten hurt during a re- rehearsal and not be able to do it, it would have hurt the show. So I was aware that I could easily get hurt. I wasn't too worried about it. And look, the only real danger in a bump like that, I think, not an expert, but I knew if I just tucked my chin, you know, my head wouldn't hit anything hard. I knew I wouldn't break my neck. Everything else was healable <laughs> you know what I mean it just wouldn't have been that even if it would have gone bad it wouldn't have been that bad so I wasn't really worried about it um, I just didn't want to rehearse it mm, that's interesting. so interesting. you you and Conrad for this week's episode you did a watch along which you've done once in a while you've done watch alongs on Patreon WWE now does watch alongs Xavier Woods on Up Up Down Down does watch alongs you know about content and, and producing why are so many people obsessed now with watching people watch things? <laughs> I don't know, but 
I, I kind of think if, if I had the answer to that, I would own the next Twitch. I mean, because that's yeah. what Twitch is, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, sitting around watching other people play video games, that's really freaking boring huh. to me. Right. Now, I'm not a gamer, so I get, you know, I'm outside the demo, as they like to say, <laughs> otherwise known as old as fuck. But... <laughs> but but the idea of watching anybody doing something else, unless there's violence or threat of injury involved, I'm not into it. I mean, it's kind of like why people bowl. <laughs> I mean, I like to bowl every once in a while, you know, smoke a bowl, play a couple, play a couple games. There you go. It's fun. <laughs> but watching other people do it, ugh, I don't get it. And the same thing is true with, with um, I guess, watch-alongs. I mean, I do it with Conrad and I. You know, it's fun for us because, like, this particular um, pay-per-view, when we, when we watched along, I hadn't seen it since we did it. Oh. And any time I watch something for the first time in 20 years, it's like I've never seen it before. Have you ever done that? Have you ever, like, gone through, you're looking for a movie, and you go, oh, I saw that movie 10 years ago, but you can't remember how it ended. Yeah. That happens to me all the time. Reviews because oh we're gonna watch this one I go oh shit I know I was there Mm -hmm. you know I know I was there right I don't remember it so when I'm watching it for the very first time my reactions are very visceral and and real and I haven't thought about anything before so it makes it a little bit more fun for me but I don't know how it is for the listeners I, I really don't you'd have to tell me. Oh, well, I had fun watching this one back. Oh, no, it, no, that's the thing. Like, I, I find it entertaining. I just don't understand the obsession with them. And it's not just, uh, you know, on on Eric's podcast. It's Shivani's podcast. It's Shivani's podcast. It's Up, Up, Down, Down. Mm-hmm. It's, like you said, everything on Twitch. Mm-hmm. So many, WWE now does it on all their pay-per-views yeah. with Pat McAfee. Yeah, I mean, Eric, did you ever think that you would be in the position where having been the guy, the Sven Gali, the guy behind the scenes would be valuable, where you would have a platform to share your story and to tell people what was really going on? Did you ever think that would happen? Never. I don't think any, I mean, anybody that's really honest, you know, would have a hard time saying yes to that. <laughs> I mean, who who would have thought even three years ago, four years ago, this, what we're doing right now could not have happened. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't really available, you know, from a technological point of view. You just couldn't do it. And if you did, it would be very expensive and it would be hit or miss, mm-hmm. right? I remember when the first iPay-per-views came out. What is that, six, seven years ago, eight years ago? You'd spend your money for an iPay-per-view seven times out of ten, eight times out of ten. It would crash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, look, now, now look at streaming. Now look at what you can do with streaming. And, and what's available to people, not only producers, but viewers as well. No, I would have never imagined, and that's why I like doing this. I mean, to to me, not to get too over the top here, but you know, for us to be able to sit here and have these conversations and, and have fun doing it and know that there are people all over the world that are going to be watching this yeah. and they're going to tune into it, and, and, and they do every week. To me, that is so fascinating that you can reach out and touch people doing something as much fun as we're doing right now. And I have fun with you guys every week. And and we're going to have fun. We'll laugh. We'll make fun of each other. <laughs> and then people all over the world will be entertained by that. I find that fascinating. Oh, my God. 
Yes. Well, we love it too. And uh, we appreciate that even though you weren't on the compound this week, that you were able to still join us from your hotel room. So uh, where can we find you the next week or so? Like, what are you, what are you up to? Where, where, what should we see? Um, I've got a trip. Uh, I'm, I'm heading towards Pittsburgh uh, in the morning. I'll be home on Friday. I'll be doing yard work over the weekend. <laughs> if you guys miss me really bad, you just want to, you know, have an impromptu kind of session here. We can get together and have a mind melt <laughs> while you're on the you lawnmower. Know, I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start growing my man bun. Do it, yeah, yeah. right. You should. <laughs> Trust me, it compensates for other parts that aren't there. But whatever. No, it doesn't. I, 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 I think I think me and a man bun would create a buzz. <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> oh, you do have some luscious locks, Eric. And we do appreciate you bringing them to After 83 Weeks again this week. And we're looking forward to next week, the Great American Bash. Are you, uh, yeah, you're going to sit down and watch that one? And uh, we will be right here to grill you about it and probably, you know, annoy you. And we will also be checking the progress of your man bun <laughs> next week. So uh, grow it out and take care. Safe I'm travel. So I'm so excited. I, I, I go. I can go around telling everybody that Kristen can't wait to see my butt. That's <laughs> awesome. Yes, I'm not going to live that one down all week. You will not. It. You will not. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eric. We all will right. see you next week. Thanks, Eric. Hey, you guys are the best. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Bye. Oh man, you guys. He's got to grow the hair bun. The man bun, and then we'll have a hair versus hair match. Oh my god, Eric versus George. Oh. That was a plan the whole time. <laughs> the, with, the, with Bischoff? Well, with me. This has been a long plan. This is a five year long plan. Yeah. Like he's, it's been an afterbuzz just so one day he can have a hair versus hair match with Eric Bischoff. There it is. The innuendo around here is so strong. <laughs> and uh, if people have maybe have some creative ideas of things we should, you know, say on the show, I don't know. Where can they reach out to you, Christian Rosenberg? Get creative on Twitter by tweeting me at Will Rosenberg, Instagram, Viewer Rosenberg. Perusentees.com slash Christian Rosenberg and catch me hosting After Buzz Smackdown. And you can follow me on Twitter, uh, G H E R M O Z A. Feel free to uh, comment on my man bun. Feel free to comment on my Patriot jersey. All the, I'll probably wear another jersey I, next, next, next I week. I approve of the Patriots jersey. Mm. You Just would. wait till I, what, what I wear next week. I'm Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That is K A U F M A N N. I'll be wearing Eagles jerseys, almost <laughs> exclusively. I mean, I think wait to see what I wear next week should probably just be a line that's reserved for me, Christy Olsen. You <laughs> can hit up at Christy Reports. We so appreciate all you 83 Weeks fans joining us. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, give us a little thumbs up, and send in your questions, hashtag Ask83Weeks. And we'll see you next week for the Great American Bash. Take care. And me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. I think I should leave it. I think I should post it to the dirt sheets. Absolutely. I think we should politicize it. 
What do you think Christy Reports is looking for with that question? That's exactly what you were looking for. Maybe we should have more of a powwow beforehand. But it has nothing to do with wrestling. The question had to do with it, and then he kind of steered a little off it. Which is, I don't know. Which he does on plenty of questions, not just that one. But, I don't know. That law is barbaric. (laughs) You need the hit, Steve. Keep it in. No, I don't. Is the the word that we use here in the professional wrestling biz? It's not the right heat. Jonathan Heat. It's not the right heat. It's fine. You're overthinking. It's like kill the channel. We got we got political there for a second. We're uh, and And, and Steve and Steve's worried about that. Not worried. I'm. I'm just. I may cut it. No, you won't. Don't cut it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, I have my thing. Yes. The second half, which is the first half, which, yeah. <laughs> All right. WCW is about to be invaded, and we are covering the Nitro that kicked it all off with Eric Bischoff himself. You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. Okay. Don't say anything, Tourette's. What is that? What is that? It's a computer noise. I, I gathered that. It's like an it's like a Microsoft notification situation. Um. That's fine. That's fine. Yes, let's do it. WCW is about to be invaded, and we're covering the Nitro that kicked it all off with the man himself, Eric Bischoff. You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. Third time is a charmy charm. Charmy charm. Charmy charm. <laughs> there will be many times when you will have to bear with us. Huh. We ask that you return. Not me. <laughs> the favor. <laughs> All right, let's do it.
WCW is about to be invaded, and we're covering the Nitro that kicked it all off with Eric Bischoff himself. You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, 83 Weeks fans. It is time for the buzz to begin. This is the show for everybody who listened to Conrad and Eric to come. We cover all the big reveals. We get your fan reactions. And we're, of course, breaking it down with a little Q&A session with Eric Bischoff himself. He'll be calling in a little bit later. But let me tell you about the voices you're going to hear tonight. We're starting off with a veteran of the biz, as I like to call it. He's also the host of the SmackDown After Buzz TV After Show. Say hello to Christian Rosenberg. Hello, Christy Olsen. Howdy. How you doing? You are wearing the old school shirt tonight. I like this. That's not that old. It's <laughs> not it, that old. Maybe a year, a year and a half-ish. People can still rock it. Oh, they can rock even my oldest ones. Aproysentees.com slash Christian I love it. I set you up for the plug. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and and this guy deserves lots of plugs. We call him the Encyclopedia of Sports Entertainment. And uh, those those uh, audience members on the indie scene call him Devastator 2. How come you never say I am the host, I'm one of the hosts of the WWE pay-per-view after show? Because I think it's more fun that you're a wrestler. George <laughs> Hermosa. Oh, wow. Apparently being an afterwards host is more fun for you. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I mean, you know, priorities. <laughs> and this guy hasn't because he runs the YouTube channels for every, literally, probably every single wrestling veteran. Everybody whose YouTube channel you watch, it's all this guy. Hello, Steve Kaufman. Hello. Um, I learned a bit about piracy this week. Did you all get the link? Where, where <laughs> I'm I, sure we did. Where I synced Monday Nitro to this episode. Oh, God. So that you could all push play and watch. Was I the only one who watched it that way? Um, no, I'm still paying for the WWE Network like a chump. But then you have to like have two different devices. It's, I took all the guesswork out. I, I was busy losing in Vegas, so I didn't have time. I was hoping you would be on a plane watching. You are. Uh, I mean, you know Wi-Fi. What? We can uh, take a little sec out for it, because this is a sports entertainment, and I think you know card playing is one of those... It's just entertaining. Yeah, I played in the World Series of Poker this weekend. It's kind of a big deal. I did not win, but no. it was fun playing. What place were you in? You 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 couldn't determine a place yet because it was that low. Well, no. Here's the thing: it's a two day event. There's, there's, there's it was a two day event that turned hundred players. It ended up being thirty two hundred players, and I lasted nearly about five hours. But technically, Jeez. they're allowing registration up through eight hours. So technically, people <laughs> could still buy in by the time I did get knocked out. So. It sounds bad, but in retrospect, you actually got to think I probably beat out somewhere between seven hundred and a thousand players. At any, oh, okay. at any point, did you have a hand that was aces and eights? No, oh, God. I did not have aces and eights at any point. Please try to do that next time, just so you can tell us all about it. I will stop the game. And we do <laughs> and let me take a picture of my aces yeah. and eights. Uh, well, what I need all y'all out there to do is hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you do not miss any of these exclusives from Eric or from Eighty Three Weeks, and also give us a little thumbs up. We are on Apple Podcasts as well. If you choose to listen instead of watch, I don't know, I don't know why you would do that because we're all so incredibly attractive. Yeah, we are. But if you do, uh, maybe <laughs> leave us five stars and a little comment. Let us know what you think about the show, and you can always send your questions for Eric in using this brand new hashtag that I accidentally invented. Uh, hashtag Ask83Weeks. A little fancier than, a little cleaner than the other one we were using before, so make sure you send your questions in. We do have them for Eric. He's going to join us a little bit later, but before that, we are going to talk about the Nitro from June 10th, 1996. I sat down and watched this one along with Conrad and Eric, which was really fun. Um, just thoughts from you guys initially when you sit down and watch this back? This was a huge blast from the very long past. 
I mean, it, it, every time I think about this era, it just like this was this this, this was this was I don't know it's the last time, but wrestling was so great around this time because yeah. it was so unpredictable. Like you had and being live does add a whole new element to watching wrestling because you never really know what's going to happen. And it just I I hear about the episode or I'm listening to them and I'm like, man, like Kevin Nash randomly showing up, like hearing the audience react, like that can't never really happen these days. And yeah, we saw Moxley on on AEW, but like we all knew he was going to show up. Let's be real, you know. But it's like it's probably the closest thing we have. Now yeah, and it's just like it's just like thinking like oh my god Nash and and Hall now are they're from WWF they're invading like I don't know there's just so much like unpredictability that like really doesn't exist anymore and and the unique thing with it though was here comes Kevin Nash in a baseball cap mm-hmm. and a t-shirt that doesn't say Diesel on it and he's just dressed up like anyone else so it's like wait he's not working for them because he's not in his gear so he's not at work but he somehow got through security. You know, like thirteen year old me. Thirteen year old me was thinking this. I was just like, "What's happening right now?" And I mean, because even today, like you said with Moxley, well, yeah, he invaded, quote unquote, but he was in his gear, and like people were like, "Oh, we knew his contract was up." Nineteen ninety six. Very few people knew that Kevin Nash's contract was up. Belief was suspended. Yeah, funny, like, I knew Nash was was going to show up, but I never knew Hall was going to show up. So even that, like, it was just one of those. Oh, but are, are they invading? Like, and I th- I think they made it very clear by the by the pay per view that they don't work for the WWF, but they also don't work for WCW. And I kind of like that whole like realism. Like, obviously they don't work for WCW, but I don't know. Just to me, it was just so unpredictable that really can't be done today. Or maybe it can. Maybe that's why everybody thinks that, you know, Raw isn't good, because maybe they know that this is possible, but they just choose not to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I mean, all of this, the in-ring and the image and all that aside, what we really got on this episode was a lot of behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. details, a lot of the business stuff, the contracts, um, you know, everything from the fact that the wrestlers are paying for their own wardrobe to um, the real, the bottom line. Um, I was really surprised to hear Eric say that that it wasn't difficult to negotiate with um, Hall and Nash. Because I think this is one of the, would you call this the biggest move in all of pro wrestling? Them coming to WCW? Um, I mean, and at that, that time it, frame. That it wasn't difficult at that moment, is really shocking. I would argue turning Hulk Hogan heel would have been, if you considered that a business move, that I, would have been the biggest. Okay. I mean, if you're concerned like someone signing to a company, um, I mean, it's definitely up there. I, w- I would say... Ric Flair leaving WCW to come to WWF mm-hmm. was there, and then obviously he went back. Um, well, that's obviously a big one as well. Um, and I mean, in retrospect, as far as the talent, what they became. So I would I would say Flair, I would say Hall and Ash, and then I would say the Radicals. Radicals oh. is a bit of a coup. Yeah, it was, a, and it was that was another moment where you like you suspended your disbelief, and yeah. if you were young enough, you saw them on one show one week, and then they were just on another show the next week. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can't even imagine as somebody who wasn't really in, like who would just watch wrestling just for wrestling. They don't care what goes on and on the dirt sheet. They don't care what goes on, you know, behind the scenes. They just watch weekly, you know. Like, oh that, my god, I, I that's just, what I did. Cause that's for how like, we were my like, like twenty two years. Yeah, because that's how we were <laughs> when you know when we started watching as, as yeah. a kid. Like, we didn't really care what went on back backstage. We're like, oh my god, we just want to watch wrestling. What it is, mm-hmm. we know that there's two different territories. Where you can't intermingle with them, uh, but but just I can't even imagine how that was for 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 maybe kids that or maybe even adults that just never really cared about who's jumping from who or I'm sorry the backstage who's getting fired or hired whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's more like like oh my god like this is so amazing to watch. But in, in response to your question, yes, especially in the Monday Night War era because that was so like 
now it's a war. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, you can yeah. say you can argue Hogan in '94, but mm-hmm. like it didn't really matter because like it was just on Saturday nights. Let's be real, you know, mm-hmm. but. Well, I mean, someone who doesn't come up in this conversation of, you know, making or breaking WCW is definitely the Quebecers, who Eric mentioned on this episode of the show. You guys have to help me with this, because remind me the Quebecers. So there's one guy who does commentary right now for, like, French network. Is that him? That's his brother. Okay. Okay, that's what it is, because he introduced me and, like, thought he used to be a wrestler and it was the whole thing. (laughs) Okay. So the Quebecers were in WWF, but they went to WCW as the amazing French Canadians. One of them them now (laughs) is PCO. PCO is amazing. He rehabbed his whole career. Jacques, who's got a kid who looks amazing. But I heard that the heat that, yeah, his Jacques Rougeau Jr., whatever it is. Uh, But his, his, his heat that he has with WWE is so bad. That they won't even look at him. Like I was reading a uh, that's listening, not, no, listen, that's not listening to a podcast that. with like Kevin Owens, and he said that like even though Jacques Rougeau was like the first person that broke him in, he hates Jacques Rougeau. That he is such a scumbag. But again, like I heard, I heard it's that bad. Where like like his heat is that bad. Where like yeah, they won't even. I mean, they'll look at him, but they're like, oh, but your dad. Like we don't like we don't like your affiliation with your dad. Like so he's gotta you gotta separate yourself from not also, emancipate him, but like also he's he's Jacques Rougeau, Rougeau Jr. So he's Jr. Jr. Oh no! Sure. <laughs> I mean Sasha that's never, that's never gonna work. That's actually Junior, kind of clever. Um, but I was a big fan of the Quebecers. But yeah, it, it didn't surprise me when they said that like. Oh yeah, you know they were tough to deal with because I heard that I heard stories about Jacques Rougeau like that. Yeah, well, and the, you know there were some dirt sheet stories around this time too about who was going to be the third man. Do you guys remember that as fans? Like, one no. like was that a thing that was on your radar? I didn't know there was a third man. We I make was such 10. a huge deal out of it now. <laughs> Like, was it really... No, I, well, back if back, I were 20, I probably would have been subscribed to the okay, newsletter okay. and really following call it, it like this. Call the hotline. But I was 10. Yeah, and at age 13, they were just like, on our third man, just like, there's a third? I, I don't know who it is. I... I mean, so what was exactly what your question was? We're excited about it. Yeah, like, do you Absolutely. remember that being on your radar? Like, do you remember yes. wondering, like, I can't, I, 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 I cannot wait to see who is going to be the third one hundred percent. Oh, like uh, once, but following along with the TV show, third. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to do you research. I didn't know dirt sheets were a thing. Yeah. I thought dirt sheets were what my what my brother might do in his bed or think, when he was young. I think if I could go back in time, <laughs> if I had one opportunity to go back in time, I don't know what that was. I would go back and tell a young Christian Rosenberg about dirt cheats. I, I think if I just had one chance to do anything for the future of the world, it would just be, listen, young Christian Rosen- Rosenberg, you can find out everything that's going I mean, on. I would probably become a worse Dave Meltzer if I knew that way back <laughs> and So if I'm any- very thankful that I didn't find that out. And if anything, for the third man, I thought it was going to be another WWF guy. Like I, was yeah. like, oh, I thought it was maybe like one, two, three kid that came mm-hmm. over. Like I, I mean, Brett wasn't on TV for a little bit. Yeah. I thought he would be the third man, but I mean, even Sting like would have shocked me to the core. Mm-hmm. Sting, <clears throat> watching these episodes now felt like a really obvious choice, especially because yeah. like he didn't have the bleach blonde anymore. It was know. almost as if like mm-hmm. even as a kid, like you always try to overanalyze everything, where it's like, oh my god, there's got to be a reason why he I, doesn't have the bleach blonde. No, anymore. I don't think we did as kids. We do now. I mean, I mean, if, if I'm we tr- do now, we're like, oh, so and so changed his hair. That means he's getting a new gimmick. Yeah, if, I, if, if, I, if I try to remember, you know, back then. Um, you know what I was thinking because I'm sure I was trying to talk to friends and guess who the third man was. Mm-hmm. I would think my guess was probably Luger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was probably my he guess. He kept going back and forth, he was like going face back. and heel, right. like teaming with Sting, but managed by Jimmy but, Hart. But again, I, I, 
like it wasn't even coming to my mind that they're going to get another guy from WWF. Yeah, like it wouldn't even come to my oh mind. Oh my then. god, this is such an incredible time in wrestling, and it's so it much really fun. Was. And I can't wait to break it down with Eric himself. He's going to be joining us in just a minute. And of course, next week we're going to be talking about the Great American Bash, which kind of just advanced all of the, yeah. So we're we're going to fast Bash. forward a few years and advance all of this. But I think it's most important. You know, who wants to listen to us yip yap about it? We want to talk to the man himself, the president and EP of WCW. Eric Bischoff will be joining us in just a moment. Stay tuned. <laughs> 